Welcome to Modern Sales, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and salespeople looking to have more and better conversations with your perfect clients. You'll get a healthy scoop of psychology, behavioral economics, and sales studies to help you create win-win relationships. I'm your host, Liston Witherell, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Modern Sales. In today's episode, I have part two of my interview with Ryan Stevens from Clutch.co. If you didn't listen to part one, go back to yesterday's episode. Listen to that first. We'll be here waiting for you for part two, where we're going to talk about, and Ryan's going to divulge all of Clutch's deepest, darkest secrets about how their highest performing clients win business through the platform. Now, before I get to that, I do want to invite you, if you're looking to scale up sales or win more business at your company, I'd love to chat with you. All you have to do is go to liston.io slash strategy, where you can apply for a strategy session with me. It's totally free. I promise to give you at least three insights that you can have for free, whether you decide to pay me a penny or not. All you have to do is go to liston.io slash strategy. Ryan, welcome back for part two. Uh, Happy to be back. Awesome, man. The way we left it, I really want to talk about the people who have a listing on clutch.co, right? Because that's who's listening to this right now. They want to know if I go take the time to go to clutch.co and tell all my clients to leave me a review and then they have to work with the little monsters at clutch and give their review and have it verified and everything else that happens, all of that effort, what do they get out of it? So if I'm not listed on clutch.co, how would I think about the advantage of being on there? So I think that in the small and medium-sized business space, you really can think of clutch as a free marketing opportunity. There is this cost of probably an hour of one of your teammates' times and 15 minutes of one of your clients. But for clutch, we benefit and we gain value from having a more inclusive platform. And so prospective businesses that want to join clutch Uh, have two clear and free benefits. First is a verified review. Our reviews really resemble case studies. And for a small shop that may not have a built-out marketing department, it could save quite a bit of manpower for not having to build out that case study or multiple case studies if you have multiple references that are willing to speak with our team. Second is this online reputation management side of things. We know and the listeners know based on how their purchasing decision process goes that some 60 plus percent of decisions uh, or purchasing decisions happen on the web and reviews and specifically you see it in the business consumer side, so product reviews, but it's becoming more of a thing in the business to business side. So having strong reviews out there and improving your online reputation may help to seal the deal with uh, prospective clients that already have uh, you as an agency in their shortlist. I know that I need reviews if I'm going to list on Clutch. Well, first of all, I don't think it's a requirement that I have reviews to list myself. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So it's not a requirement, right? But Clutch is all driven or predominantly driven organically. The visibility on Clutch is driven by the presence of reviews. So it makes sense that I have reviews. And I guess my question is, if I'm looking at listing myself on Clutch, what's kind of the minimum number of reviews I should probably want to pursue in order to make this worthwhile? Absolutely. So depending on your geography, it's going to vary. 
if you're located in a large city or any sort of competitive market, that number is going to be higher. If you're located in, no offense, Oklahoma City, a smaller city where the number of service providers are few, uh, not as many, but each of our markets are different globally, really. And so based on sort of the segment that you're hoping to perform well in, that's going to be a factor on how many references or reviews you're going to want to have. Initially, we just just doing one. We know that it's tough to convince your clients to speak with us, but we're confident in our team's white glove service and professionalism and have only really been complimented. Uh, we work to do everything on the client's timeline. So our team really works to be a soft touch and guiding and making their experience leaving a review seamless. So let's say I have my listing, I go and get my reviews. How do I try to start to optimize my listing so that I get more clicks and not just more clicks, but more of the right ones? Great question. So one of the things that being transparent is Clutch is a really hard platform to optimize for a dozen services. We know that agencies often can offer a dozen plus services, but on our platform, we highly recommend somewhere around the five key service lines that you're interested in. This is for a couple of reasons. We want you to perform well and in the segments that you want to perform well in, but we also want prospective clients to find the right vendors. It's often a hard thing to communicate to agencies that they have to pick just a handful. But remember that it's if you look at it as a marketing platform, you're going to want to find how to best market yourself to the people that are looking for that service. Saying that you only do have a little bit of focus on one given service line is less enticing than saying that's what our whole company focuses on. And so we recognize that it's not the best solution for this agency offering, but at the end of the day, we think it's a pretty great solution for matching prospective clients with businesses that really want to deliver on or really deliver well on a few key service lines. Okay. So just to translate that, there's a type of agency that I call the do everything agency. And so they're the ones who say, oh, you have digital marketing problems. I can do SEO, web design, email marketing, marketing automation, graphic design, collateral, and they just start listing like a laundry list of things. And so if I understand you correctly, you'd much more favor someone who was specialized in one, two, three of those things than someone who lists all of them. Exactly. So the key thing there is that if you say you do any of those services, there's other agencies out there that probably are able to provide them as well. But how do you want to differentiate yourself? Within your 10, 15 person agency, are you actually true graphic designers that have some experience in SEO, but trying to, you see SEO as a a more profitable solutions or service. So you're trying to market that and you're taking this approach where you're going to list the 10 different services that your agency does is, is one way to go about being found in more directories on our site, but at less visibility if that makes sense. So segmenting sort of the piece of the pie on what services you provide may have you found across more more directories, but less visible. So one thing that you said about the listings and the way the organic traffic works that got me really nervous about my own business is that I work with people remotely. You and I aren't in the same place when we're recording this podcast. I can conduct 
business and my content creation, pretty much everything that I deliver remotely. And so it sounds like Clutch is more catered to not brick and mortar, but businesses that cater to their own local market rather than businesses that can work with anyone anywhere. So there, we work to be both, honestly. And it's hard because prospective clients value finding local results and local providers, while vendors want to be found and service providers want to be found across the globe to whoever may be the best fit. So it is a little bit of a struggle to find the right fit because where we're different from Google AdWords is that we keep our advertisements to local providers. So for example, I'm located here in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to sell my service on AdWords for people in Chicago. I could advertise on relevant key terms and relevant segments in Chicago, even though I'm located in DC. And you see that a ton in this B2B small and medium-sized space is that you end up thinking you're going to be working with a service provider that is local and they're actually an outsourced agency that has a sales rep in your city. And not something that right now we work to address against because at least from a local perspective, we still feel that we're doing best by the searchers, by the prospective users or buyers, by providing something that is more local and tailored to them. So we do have offerings that are a little bit more globally. Those are better fits for vendors that tend to work more remote. Yeah. So I find this fascinating because you guys are an internet-based remote company and you're favoring local results. And one thing that you said that I thought was really interesting was, I'm sure you were generalizing, but generally the client, the buy side, looking for vendors, they want local providers, but the vendors themselves want to work with people anywhere. Do you find that there's a little bit of a conflict there where the buyers want something that the vendors don't want? Yeah, it's a struggle because it's sometimes, even through our curation efforts, we have companies that slipped through the cracks that were found in a local directory and they actually were one of these post office or sales address type shops. And so it's always a little bit painful for us because we do put such an effort on this curation. And then on the flip side, we continuously hear from the vendors that they want to advertise on pages that aren't necessarily local to their geographies. And it's a balance. We understand that AdWords utilizes this sort of method. But again, I think for us, why we're valuable to service providers in the first place is because we're providing high quality leads to them. And ultimately, that source from being honest and trying to be transparent and doing the right thing by those prospective users, right? If more and more prospective users were more and more dissatisfied with our results and what we're putting in front of them, at some point that would deteriorate why vendors would want to work with us. One thing you guys must be thinking a lot about is the future of buying and selling of professional services, SMB professional services. Give me some insight into your thoughts there, because I have lots of thoughts about how that's changing. But I'm curious, how does Clutch think about the changing nature of the way these services are bought and sold? Yeah, I think this space is just behind where the business to consumer space is, really. It's how can more not only decisions be made online, but from start to finish the transactions carried out online? How do we get to a point where we can provide all of the information that's required or nearly all of the information that's required in this purchasing decision? I think we're taking big steps there and improving sort of our verification process uh, of reviews. 
of finding more and more data points to provide prospective buyers. I think we're still a ways off because at the end of the day, when you're spending $50,000, $500,000, it's very different than $50 or $500 on a dinner or some sort of software solution. So completely moving away from this personal interaction is something that I think is still quite a bit off. But I think we're figuring out ways to help get people closer and closer by providing more and more information, avoiding any sort of content walls on the information that we're providing so that at the end of the day, when someone visited Clutch, when they're calling a service provider, they're 90% sure that they want to work with that service provider. They just want to hear a voice on the other end of the phone call that they potentially trust or, or feel like they would vibe with. So I think to answer your question or to sum it up, this market's moving the same direction that we've seen the business to consumer market move to. So one thing that I think is important that you kind of said at the end there is that what clients, buyers really want is to go collect some information. They're doing 60% of their research process online, go collect some information and then have a phone call. They're going to call in or fill out a form and they want to know that there's a human being there. So it's crucial that clutch allows you to be there in that moment when someone is looking for a provider like you, but then you have to take it over with your sales process as soon as that contact is made. Now on that driving awareness side, we talked about focusing your services around five is really what you guys want to see. We talked about focusing your geography because of all of the complicated conflicts that that creates for you guys. And I totally understand that. What are some other things that successful companies on Clutch are doing, and particularly the most successful, maybe like the top 1%, what are they doing that's so different than all of the other people who are on there and just not seeing the traction? Sure. So I think that the top 1% is this highly engaged vendor. We are, for a lot of these service providers, we are part of their sales process. At three, four or five months, we are part of their client's journey and understanding their internal team's performance. We have more and more examples of companies that use the client feedback that they receive from Clutch or from the clients that we've reviewed on Clutch as measures of some of their internal team's performance as their company's performance. So it's, we're, I mean, so grateful that we've built that sort of engagement with some of these companies. But yeah, the most successful are going to be the ones that are really working to, we provide every company uh, truly, we do this. It, it will break eventually, but every company on the site with reviews has an actual person that they can speak to here. It's a pretty crazy support and service offering when you're counting dozens of thousands of companies featured on the site. Those companies, though, we're also at a stage that we have to help to kind of address as well as that we have existed for five years, a little bit over five years. So if you are located in a highly competitive market, it's going to be tough if you're a three-person shop who is just trying to get started and build a brand in New York City when we have 300-person agencies working with us there as well. So I think if I'm making one just big generalization and recommendation for how to succeed using Clutch, it's staying engaged. We work to offer sort of a credit to companies when they have more recent reviews. And that's a big one. It allows companies that are taking on smaller projects to get credit for the recency of those small projects. Whereas these large agencies, they're not going to get that. They're not necessarily nailing down 
$500,000 projects every two or three months. But for a small agency, they are able to get some of these smaller projects and get more reviews up more quickly. So we try to do some things that help offset the big guys versus the small guys. And for us, we see it as a success that these companies that are 500 people, 500 people plus want to start working with us because it's different from where we were. But in general, we put a lot of weight on the reviews. And so for companies that want to do well, it's staying on top of those reviews. So there's this interesting conflict that comes up for companies who have wonderful Fortune 100, Fortune 500 clients. And that is those clients often ask you to sign a contract saying, I'll never talk about the work I'm doing with you. Exactly. Which I'm going to use some nasty, horrible language. Fucking sucks for the vendor, right? Like I'm putting so much time and energy in helping this company succeed and they won't let me talk about it when it would allow me to leverage that work to get other work and build my business. How do you coach some of your clutch vendors to address this issue? It's probably one of the biggest barriers we have of working with larger service providers because it's, I mean, there's so much red tape to getting those things to that client reference on a high level. And just for the listeners is that we do offer an anonymous attribution. So meaning we know who the client is and we know who they work for, but that brand, that person's name isn't featured on the site, but some generic titles are highlighted and overview of what that company may do. So that's one way that we've been successful in helping to allow companies to get reviews up on the site. Others though, and some of the bigger ones have now included us as a part of what the client is expected to do, finishing the review. So that would be part of their contract. Exactly. It's a part of their contract. And again, that's a little bit easier for big guys, bigger agencies to do with other big brands, a little bit tougher for the small guys to do with the try to strong arm the the big brands. So it's certainly, certainly a thing that we face. And it's something that we try to account for in our other outside research. And so sometimes the client reference can't speak with us, but they have, we're able to, or can't speak with us or leave a review, but they can speak with us on uh, providing insight into the project. So we can try to help make sure that that's factored into the previous experience that this agency has. I see. So in the way you would attribute that review would be something like VP of marketing at Fortune 100 manufacturing firm, something like that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. So now, Ryan, some quick questions at the end here. You've been so kind with your time, with your answers. I'm sure you're going to get some new people coming on to Clutch and others maybe inquiring about advertising there as a result of this interview. I'm curious. One book that you would recommend? Something that we really enjoy reading around here is A Platform Revolution. I'm missing the author's names, but um, it's something for us that we really aspire to be from a, a standpoint of the solution that we want to offer. As mentioned at the beginning, it's we like to think of ourselves as a marketplace, but we know that we have the whole other side of that marketplace to still tap into, as well as continue to help the side that we're, we largely interact with now. So Platform Revolution is a big one for me. And one tool that you recommend or use in your business? One thing that we use that has actually been a way that we we structure a lot of how we measure success is this idea of an OKR. I think it was first in um, Andy Grove's book, uh, High Output Management, and then followed by 
kind of the structure that they use internally at Google, but it allows sort of objective and key results and setting those has been really great for our team and just sort of self-evaluation. And so I think they can come in a lot of different ways. We structure them in Google Docs, but having individual and team-based objectives and key results has really helped us to build a language on success and what that means. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. I really, really appreciate your being here. Now, if someone wanted to learn more about you, more about Clutch, what should they do? You're welcome to reach out to our team. You can find me. I I manage our support system. So that's hello at clutch.co and you'll get an answer from me. You're also welcome to um, check out our site, clutch.co slash get listed slash get dash listed. (laughs) But it's all the information that is on the web there. And our team actively manages our support channels. So you can expect a response from a human. Awesome. I love that. You know, I was chatting with someone through the chat on my website and she goes, is this really Liston? (laughs) And I said, yes, this is the human Liston. This is the real Liston. It's so amazing. Like most people expect it to be a bot or something outsourced and they feel very almost refreshed to know that like, oh, you're actually someone who might matter or know something in this business. That's great. Yeah. We've been big on implementing chatbots recently and uh, seeing the conversations that they're manned most of the time, but not all all the time. And so seeing the conversations and how far the bot gets, it's pretty great. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Cool, Ryan. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Really appreciate it as well.